This is Laura Lummer, the Breast Cancer Recovery Coach. I'm a healthy lifestyle coach, a clinical Ayurveda specialist, a personal trainer, and I'm also a breast cancer survivor. In this podcast, we talk about healthy thinking and mindfulness practices, eating well, moving your body for health and longevity, and we'll also hear from other breast cancer survivors who have re-engaged with life and have incredible stories to share. This podcast is your go-to resource for getting back to life after breast cancer. Well, hello and welcome to episode 89 of the Breast Cancer Recovery Coach podcast. I'm your host, Laura Lummer, and I am thrilled to have you here with me today because I have a great show waiting for you. So thank you so much for tuning in and downloading, for listening to the Breast Cancer Recovery Coach podcast. And if you're a regular listener, it would be awesome if you haven't yet subscribed to the show to just hit that button wherever you listen and subscribe or to take the time to leave a review or give the show some stars. All those actions, I know they take a little bit of extra time, but I really appreciate them. They mean so much to me and to the show, and they make it so much easier for the show to be found by other people who may need to hear it. So thanks for that ongoing and continued support, and let's jump right into this today. So let me start off with this scenario. You know how when you see a car that you love and you think, dang, that is so cool, it's new, you've never seen it before, and you're thinking, wow, that's so unique. And then every time you turn around, you see that car, and you're thinking, did they have a blowout sale on that car two hours ago? How is this car all around me everywhere I look when I've never even seen it before? You may have had a similar experience when you were diagnosed with cancer. If breast cancer wasn't a thing in your family and you were shocked to be the only one to get diagnosed, and then suddenly everyone you know has breast cancer, has had breast cancer, knows someone who's had breast cancer, and you're thinking, where where were all of these people before I was diagnosed? I've never heard it was so common. It's a weird experience. And according to HowStuffWorks.com, that experience is called the Bader-Meinhof phenomenon. It's also referred to as the frequency or recency illusion. And apparently the story is that the frequency illusion was being talked about on a local newspaper in Minnesota's website. And on the comment board, someone who had never heard of the terrorist gang called Bader-Meinhof had just heard that reference twice in a 24-hour period. And so when they got on the discussion board, they referred to this frequency illusion as the Bader-Meinhof phenomenon because that had just happened to them that day. And somehow that name stuck with it. So there's your bit of trivia today. When you know that that thing happens to you, you see something you've never seen, and then you realize it's everywhere, you are experiencing the Bader-Meinhof phenomenon. Now I bring this up because... I have put a tremendous amount of work into overcoming limited beliefs in my life. I've been working on it for a long time now, but those limiting beliefs are super sneaky little suckers, and sometimes you don't even realize you're limiting yourself until someone else points it out. Recently, I was working with my business coach, and I showed her my plan for the next time that I will be opening Revivify for enrollment. 
And she looked at it and she said to me, you know, if you approach it this way, you're actually letting your limiting beliefs stop you from serving more people. And I was taken aback for a minute and I thought, me? What limiting beliefs? But then I could see what she was talking about. I saw how I was stopping myself from moving closer to what I want to create because of the way that I think about it. So as the Bader-Meinhof phenomenon goes, once I started looking harder at my own limiting beliefs, I not only see them everywhere in respect to me, but I also see and hear them in everyone around me. They're just that much more amplified. So one of the fundamental rules of coaching is that you don't coach people against their will. My job is to help my clients discover things for themselves because that's really where the aha moments are. That's what inspires change when you realize it and a light comes on inside of you. But I do get to indirectly coach on this podcast and that way anyone who needs it can benefit. So I thought this would be a great time to talk about limiting beliefs how they hold us back from becoming the best version of ourselves, and how we can work on identifying and overcoming them so we don't allow cancer or life to pigeonhole us into believing that we're less capable or less valuable than we actually are. So first, let's define a limiting belief. The Cambridge Dictionary defines a belief as a feeling of being certain that something exists or is true. And it defines limiting as something that prevents you from having much choice. The Merriam-Webster Dictionary says limiting is something that bounds, restrains, or confines. So a limiting belief is believing you are bound, confined, restrained, and that the truth is you don't have much choice about that. Now, I don't know about you, but there's nothing I like about living by that definition. Yet I am guilty of it, and I know you are too because we all have limiting beliefs. And when we've had a major challenge forced upon us, or maybe multiple forced challenges, those beliefs can start to sneak in and suck the life out of you without even realizing that you're allowing it to happen. A perfect example of this with respect to breast cancer recovery is that drive to get back to normal after cancer treatment. We can get so caught up in this idea of one thing, that we don't even allow the opportunity for other ideas to present themselves. You might hear yourself saying things like, I can't do this or that anymore because your body has changed. And so you withdraw from life rather than leaning into life and opening your thoughts to ideas of what you actually can do. When you stick with the idea that changing something is beyond your capacity or that because something changed against your will, it won't be as good as or better than what you used to have or who you used to be. You limit yourself by your belief in that idea. So the other day, I got a phone call from a woman who was having a lot of anxiety over the impact that the quarantine here in California is having on her financially. I asked her if she was open to exploring alternative ways to make money temporarily and she was. She's in a temporary situation and it, her, her business will reopen. But as we began to explore these temporary options, her response to every suggestion was, I can't do that. And honestly, there really wasn't a valid reason behind any of her denials. 
she's simply so attached to doing what she's always done to earn money that she's choosing to stay in a state of anxiety while she waits for things to change and reopen rather than trying new unfamiliar options that might offer her some temporary relief right now. And the only thing that's causing her to stay stuck here is the way she's thinking about her situation. She's approaching everything that doesn't fit into the box of familiarity with a limited mindset. Even when it comes to her business reopening, she's looking at all the things she won't be able to do under the new guidelines, rather than exploring new ways of marketing and serving her customers. Another example, and one I'm totally guilty of, is saying something like, no matter what I do, I can't lose weight now, or it's so hard for me to lose weight now. Can you see and hear in that statement itself how that's a limiting belief? If I don't call myself out when I slip into that mindset, if I allow those limiting thoughts, then I convince myself that it's the truth and it doesn't serve me in any way. And it isn't the truth. There's no one who can't lose weight, right? It's just a matter of what is the thing that's going to work for you. So I'm diligent about working on my body composition goals. And I say that intentionally, body composition goals, because I don't just want to achieve a particular weight. I want to lose body fat and maintain or gain lean and strong body muscle. So I want to change my body composition, keep my blood sugar and cholesterol under control and feel energetic. Those are my health goals. So I used to step on the scale and get so frustrated at the lack of change. But when I realized how my thinking, which was, uh, this sucks no matter what I do, nothing changes, how that was actually my biggest problem, I started to approach things differently. Now, if I don't see the change I want or anticipate or feel that I've earned, I ask myself, what have I been doing differently that I could get better at? Have I snacked mindlessly? Am I maintaining the fasting window that I've committed to consistently? Am I moving less than I think I am? Because we often eat more than we think we do and move less than we think we do. So I ask myself, how can I tweak something to keep moving forward, to find what will work for my body consistently? Because it's easy for lifestyle patterns to shift. And we have to be honest with ourselves about what we're doing. We have to regroup from time to time and stay intentional rather than blaming a limiting belief and then going off to eat a bag of chips or having a margarita because what the hell, nothing makes any difference anyway. Another example, when my bone and joint pain flares up, I used to get really pissed and frustrated about how cancer treatment messed up my body that I worked so dang hard to keep healthy. But that way of thinking does nothing to get me out of pain. In fact, I'm careful to catch myself now when my mind is ruminating on that same thought of, dang, this hurts, or dang, I'm in so much pain today. When I catch myself doing that, I say, oh, whoa, wait, you're focusing on the problem now. You're focusing on the pain. And in doing so, I limit my thoughts to what's hurting me rather than opening my mind to what I can do to bring some relief. Makes sense. It's a very subtle shift because things are what they are. I went through cancer treatment and I made the choices I made. And nine years later, I'm still alive with no evidence of disease, which was my goal. So if I stay focused on all the physical crap that my treatment changed, 
I could end up being a sedentary mess. But if I notice the pain increasing and I ask myself, hmm, what did I eat recently that could be contributing to this? Do I have a flare-up of inflammation if I drink alcohol, eat sugar, eat dairy, whatever? There's a whole list of foods I could go through. One way of thinking, of looking at that situation, will keep me stuck in pain and end up getting me feeling very bitter about it. That's limiting my life. And the other way of thinking opens my mind to what I can control and what I can change to improve my situation. So circling back to weight loss, you might be thinking, well, hold on, Laura, things actually have changed and it is harder for me to lose weight now. And I get that. And I'm not asking you to lie to yourself and say, oh, this is a breeze now. So there's, there's a line actually in one of my favorite Dr. Seuss stories. And the story is the pale green pants with no one inside them. I'm a huge Dr. Seuss fan, by the way. And in that story, the character in the story is trying to convince himself that he isn't afraid of these pants that are moving around with nobody in them. And he says, I do not fear those pants with nobody inside them. I said and said and said those words. I said them, but I lied them. We always know when we're lying to ourselves. Even if we're not willing to face the lie, we know on some level we're not being honest with ourselves. So I'm not asking you to tell yourself something that isn't true. I'm suggesting that you learn to identify what is limiting you and then you think about it differently. For example, rather than saying, no matter what I do, I can't lose weight, you might start to say to yourself and to others, you know, I'm working on finding a way to manage my weight effortlessly without feeling deprived or frustrated. This way of thinking allows you to explore ideas without setting a limit on the possibilities. Now, I'll often work with women who want to change their diet. Either they're unhappy with their weight or they're very aware of the fact that the way they're feeding themselves is not supporting their health goals or that it's even undermining their health goals and increasing their risk for cancer. And oftentimes they'll start the conversation with, I want to eat better, but I'm not giving up my diet soda, I won't stop eating dessert, don't ask me to stop eating cheese, and the list will go on. So I haven't even asked them to change anything, and that's not how I approach weight loss as a coach anyway. But before they begin to even explore the potential of changing their nutrition, they put limits firmly in place. This is what I don't like about how we are so fixated on labels when it comes to anything. Labels in themselves are so limiting and they just reinforce limiting thoughts, limiting belief systems. For instance, if I call myself a vegan or a vegetarian and then one day I find myself craving a poke bowl, I either give into that craving and then feel ashamed for violating my label or someone catches me eating that damn bowl of fish and calls me out. And they say, oh, I thought you were a a vegan or a vegetarian or a paleo, fill in the blank. And then there's a whole new level of shame. Or I could say, I prefer to eat a mostly plant-based diet, which allows me then to listen to my body and to tend to its needs. So if one day I feel like eating sushi, I can just eat the sushi and not feel bad about it. 
Now, if for moral or spiritual or any other reason you're committed to a specific lifestyle and way of eating, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But for so many people, when you suggest a plant-based diet, which is a great way to support optimal health, their mind goes straight to fear and deprivation, what they have to give up, and they end up resisting even being open to allowing the change. In a 2013 article called Limited Beliefs, published on psychologytoday.com, the author Steve Siskold said that the fact we often do not question negative beliefs and accept them as the way things are makes them particularly noxious. The good news is, no matter what has happened to you in the past, your course is not predetermined. He says, fate has not left you out in the cold and the life you desire is just around the corner once you tweak the belief system that governs your reality-making process. So let's talk about how you can identify limiting beliefs and what you can do to create space for more possibilities, more growth, and more happiness in your life. Step number one, identify your limiting belief. That sounds easy enough, right? But it's actually somewhat like asking a 14-year-old who spent three hours doing homework only to put it in their backpack and not turn it in for credit what the heck they were thinking. Well, they weren't thinking, just as we often are not consciously aware of how we're thinking. So to do step one, you have to start writing things down. Choose one area of your life, whether it's health, money, relationships, whatever, Whatever it is that you want to be something other than what it is right now. And then begin writing all of your thoughts about that situation. Every single thought. Let me give you some examples of actual statements that I hear. My scars are so ugly, no one will ever want me. My fat belly is disgusting and gross. No one can stand to look at me. And here's a side note here. I had a woman just the other day say to me that she caught her husband gazing at her. And when she looked at him and said, what are you doing? He responded with, I just think you're so beautiful and sexy. And she shot back at him, Ew, no I'm not. <laughs> Does that sound familiar to anybody? Even if you don't say those things out loud, but you think them, that is limiting your ability to be fully open and intimately engaged in your romantic relationships. That situation was not her husband not wanting her. It was her not believing she was worthy of being wanted. Another example is, I don't want to travel or start something new because I might get cancer again. Or the statement, cancer has ruined my life. These may not be beliefs that you struggle with right now, but hopefully these examples give you a good idea of what kinds of things you need to work with. And if they do resonate with you, then they're perfect places to start. Now, once you've written down all those thoughts, ask yourself, what action am I taking in my life or not taking in my life because I believe that thought? In the Psychology Today article that I mentioned a moment ago, the author uses a quote from a book, the book called As Man Thinketh by James Allen. And that quote is, belief always precedes action. We act or we choose not to act based on what we believe. So look at your thoughts around the situation that's bothering you. 
Write down the actions you're taking or not taking because of your thoughts. And then write the results you're getting from those actions. What is the result? Are you moving closer to your goal? Are you happier? Are you growing? Is that the result of the actions you're taking in your life right now based on what you're thinking? If not, how would your actions have to change in order to get the results you want? And how do you need to think differently in order to take those actions? You see how that cycle works. I've talked about this before and I use this model in my coaching programs because it works. When you can identify the thoughts that are driving your actions, then you can begin to create change by honestly reframing your thoughts to drive different actions, resulting in a life that brings you more fulfillment. Sound good? It is good. And it is work. And it is an ongoing daily process to get on top of and stay in tune with how you're creating the life you're living. I was on a coaching call the other day with one of my Revivify graduates and she just said, you know, I've really realized that you have to do the work. It's the doing the work that changes everything. And that's it. That's the key right there. 100%. It's writing it down. It's reading it. It's thinking about it. It's the doing the work. If you want to take more steps toward that life and you need a little support with that work, you can find the Breast Cancer Recovery Group. It's a free group on Facebook where you can find support from hundreds of other like-minded survivors who are looking for positive ways to create and change and move forward with their life after breast cancer. You can also go to my website, thebreastcancerrecoverycoach.com, where you can get on the wait list for Revivify. Revivify is my 10-week coaching program. It will be opening again in July. And it is a hands-on, awesome training program that will take you through the four phases that I outline for recovery after breast cancer, which is release, renew, regroup, and revive. It's an awesome program. So those are always good options for you. And of course, listening to this podcast and going through the information and doing the work that I talk about in these different shows is something that's so beneficial. So I appreciate you listening and I'm super glad you're here, but know that you have to do the work if you want to experience the change. So I hope I see you. It's again, the Breast Cancer Recovery Group. That's on Facebook. You can find me on Instagram as the Breast Cancer Recovery Coach also. And I hope to see you there. And I would love to hear your comments or your questions on different ways and different thoughts that you might need more support working through. Because I love hearing from you. And I love seeing you get to the other side and hear about your successes and your mind shift changes. All right, so I'll talk to you again next week. And until then, be good to yourself and be good to everybody around you. I'll talk to you soon. You've put your courage to the test, laid all your doubts to rest. Your mind is clearer than before. Your heart is full and wanting more. Your future's at the door. Give it all you got. No hesitating. You've been waiting all your life. This is your moment.